This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. I'm going to be teaching on this subject matter, the Holy Spirit. But what's awesome about the Holy Spirit is that it's more than a subject matter. And a matter of fact, the Holy Spirit is not even an it. It's not an it. It's not a subject. The Holy Spirit is more than that. And this morning, I'm wanting us to just open up our minds to the word of the Lord and receive the fullness of this beautiful, beautiful portion of the Godhead And that is the Holy Spirit. One of the great authors of the faith, A.W. Tozier, said it this way. And I think this is really cool. The Holy Spirit is not enthusiasm. He is a person. He's not matter. But he is substance. And then he goes on to say it this way. All that the Son is... The Holy Ghost is. And all that the Father is, the Holy Ghost is. And the Holy Ghost is in his church. Can I have an amen this morning? I spend a lot of time as a local church pastor. I spend a lot of time uh, around people. And Pastor Ron and I, along with our team, our staff, they, they do such a good job at this. We're constantly trying to connect people with people. Our jobs here at this local house outside of just pulpit preaching or pulpit teaching, uh, outside of our jobs of developing programs and putting together teams, really what we're called to do as pastors uh, more than preaching and that is connect people with people because your lifeline is who you're running with. Can I have an amen? It matters who you're running with. Can I have an amen? It matters who you're running with. Can I have an amen? So look at your neighbor and say, then why in the world are you sitting by me this morning? Because it matters who I'm running with. You're sitting by good people. Well, what we do is we try to connect people with people. But I can tell you something. The greatest person that you can be connected to is not the one sitting next to you. It's not the VP at your company. It's not knowing someone on the inside at your place of employment. True, it's so vital that it is about who you know in this culture that we're living in. We may have uh, progressed to doing online resumes, and I get that. We may have cut off the face-to-face interview at the first step. Maybe it's a phone interview, et cetera. But I don't care who you are. It still matters who you know. It might be a digital uploaded resume, but if you know the right person opening up that email, it matters who you know. Well, let me tell you something. It matters if you know the Holy Spirit or not. Because there's no one on the face of this earth that can do more for you in a quicker fashion, in a more capable way 
than the Holy Spirit. He can make doors open that you didn't even know the door was built. He can open up doors that you never knew existed. You ready for this one? He can close doors that you are absolutely determined to walk through. He can close them. It matters if you know the Holy Spirit or not. Well, what I have come to understand about connecting people to people is it helps when they know who you're trying to connect them to. No one wants Pastor Tommy, Pastor Ron, or Pastor Anthony, Pastor Manny. No one wants to be hooked up with somebody. you got to tell me a little bit about them. Well, let me give you two quick points about the Holy Spirit. And if you're wondering if you've heard this in the last few weeks, I did tell you this about two months ago. And I need to tell you it one more time. And that is one thing you have to know about the Holy Spirit is this. He is God. What we oftentimes fall into a trap is, is this. There's God. Oh, and then there's the Holy Spirit. There's God, and then there's the Holy Spirit. And that's not the truth. The truth of the matter is the Holy Spirit is God. So when someone talks to you about the Holy Spirit, when you're reading in Scripture about the Holy Spirit, when you hear Pastor Tommy preaching about the Holy Spirit, you have to make sure that you're not viewing or hearing, misunderstanding the Holy Spirit to be something that's just this separate entity from God. When we talk about the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, we're talking about God. So there's been this little, little gap that's been created in Western Christianity through the years that somehow or another we, we, we have this gap that separates God and the Spirit. Well, the Spirit is God. So why do I say that you need to know the Holy Spirit? It's because you need God in your life. Second thing I want you to understand quickly is that the Holy Spirit truly has a desire to be a part of your world. He wants to be in your heart. He wants to be in your life. He wants to be your best friend. I don't know about you, but when I was a little boy, uh, I would pray prayers such as this. And that would be uh, making sure that I would ask Jesus into my heart. Anybody ever done that before? I know I teach my children to ask Jesus into their heart. Well, you know, that's more of a type of a, a traditional statement. If you really wanted to break things down theologically, if you really wanted to go straight to the Scripture and only take the Bible at face value, Jesus is sitting on the right hand of God. If you really want to know what lives in your heart, it's the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you got off, off base with me right there because I just jacked with what Grandma told you. Grandma means well. I mean well when I tell my own daughters, Jesus is in your heart. Because we understand that the Holy Spirit's God. And we understand that Jesus in John 14, he taught it very clearly. He told Philip, he said, you know, no one can come to the Father but by me. And, and, and Philip says, well, have we seen that Father? He said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We have this beautiful working relationship. Jesus cannot physically be in your heart. The Spirit of God is in your heart. Are you tracking with me? So let me, let me tell you something here. He is God, and he wants to be your best friend. 
Now, I want us to kind of break the ice a little bit. We're going to have a little fun with this. Some of your answers are going to be very obvious to the ones sitting close by. But just in case, I want us to have a little fun with each other before we go further. I want you to find the one next to you, behind you, in front of you. And I want you to share with them what your hobbies are. Tell them your hobbies. Go ahead. Tell somebody your hobbies. It's okay if it's shopping. Shopping's a good hobby. Some of you have the hobby of eating. I wouldn't tell that. Hobbies. Hobbies. Somebody has a lot of hobbies. Some of y'all are like, you have 15 minutes. You know, I've got three main hobbies. Some of you, you only have one hobby. Some of you have a few like me. I've got a few hobbies. My big three, some of you would already know them uh, because we're friends, but my big three hobbies, and they are in this order of true, deep affection. I absolutely love my hobbies, and they are golf, hunting, and I love to fish when I'm invited. Hint, hint, hint. And I'd have paid my cell phone bill and it does work. So whenever you're ready, you just let me know. My problem is this, or may I, uh, may I take that back? Donora's problem is this. My hobbies are expensive hobbies. And my hobbies are extremely time-consuming. Can I have an amen? When it comes to golf, you know, these days living in this Metroplex, if you're going to play golf, you're going to spend a lot of money to play golf, and you're also going to spend a lot of time to play golf. When it comes to hunting, uh, and yeah, I know I say hunting a little bit different. Sailors always correct me. It's hunting, Father. No, it's not, baby. It's hunting. When it comes to hunting, where we live in Fort Worth, hunting is different than the way I grew up. Uh, when we first bought the little house that I grew up my whole life in, we, it was on the corner of a, of a dirt road. And I honestly would walk across the dirt road, hop a fence that we weren't really sure whose it was, and we would hunt some squirrels. Uh, we tinkered with steel traps. We would run those creek bottoms with steel traps. And I know I'm talking foreign language to a bunch of you little metro you-know-whats in this room. But, but uh, we would run steel traps and we would catch neutral rats and coons and shoot them in the head and tell Peter, I don't care. We'd shoot them suckers. That's just how we did it. And that's only if he was scary. If he wasn't scared, we'd just slap him silly with a club. <laughs> Talking about the animals, not family members or nothing. Now, y'all, y'all got me, right? Well, nowadays living in Fort Worth, hunting's different. You got to spend a fortune of money and you got to drive hours away. You got to stay the night unless you're me and Jed. We'll leave at 2 in the morning and we're back for lunch. <laughs> but most of the time, that's how you got to roll 
So I'm sure you're asking what Donora has asked for our 15 years of marriage. How can you afford that? And how do you have enough time for that? Well, the answer is easy. I call it fellowship. <laughs> Everybody needs a little fellowship. I'm, a, I'm just trying to practice what I preach. I tell everybody, y'all need a fellowship. Now, the danger of that word is that it gets lost in this modern day we're living in. Very few people in this center section uses the word fellowship. It's kind of a cheesy word, you know. I grew up in a church that when church was over, people would go real churchy language. They'd say, y'all want to go out for some fellowship? Y'all want to come over for some fellowship? I had a great time last Monday. We were fellowshipping. We even had the fellowship hall. You know what goes on in the fellowship hall. Fellowship. We was a fellowshipping house. Now that word's got lost, but it's nothing different than spending time with somebody. It's hanging out. It's investing yourself in somebody else. It could be in a bass boat. Hint. It could be at a deer blind. It could be on the golf course. What y'all doing about two today? Fellowship. What happens when you're fellowshipping? All you're doing is hanging out, getting to know somebody, spending time. And before you realize it, you become in fellowship which means you can bear all the good, bad, and the ugly, and it's all cool because you're in a safe environment, because you're in fellowship. Fellowship is deeper than just relationship. Fellowship is when you just let it all go, and you can be yourself. I share a little sweet little moment in my private life. Yesterday, we had a wonderful day as a family. Uh, Sailor, my oldest, had a little piano recital, and my sister... And my nieces were so sweet, they came over. My brother-in-law, which is here today, he, he was working yesterday. He didn't make it to the recital. But once that recital was over, we all went and had a great family meal together and just enjoyed each other. Once the family meal was over, everybody went their separate ways. And it was late. It was about 6.30 in the evening hour. And I just kind of wanted to, I just wanted to go. I just wanted to go to the golf course and just spend some time on that holy ground. So I thought I can either roll by myself or I can call my favorite golf partner on the planet, and that's my dad. Now, here's what happened yesterday. I'm talking about fellowship. He said, come pick me up. Your mama's got me shopping. <laughs> so I met him over here in Burleson. I said, where are you? He says, I have no idea, but there's clothes, there's makeup, there's jewelry. I said, you with that Jezebel spirit, I know what's going on. You need delivered. I'm coming to save you. So I met him over, over near Old Navy or whatever that area is. I scoop him up. And then he drops the bombshell on me. I don't have any golf clubs with me. But good fellowship on holy ground. I said, well, brother, you can play out of my golf bag for this is a holy moment. So we went to the golf course, just me and my dad. It was late. We were a little bit upset that we felt like they overcharged us. We, we griped. We complained to each other because we're in fellowship. <laughs> we get out to the golf course. It's just the two of us. It's quiet. 
You know what happens when you've played golf this long with somebody? You can throw down a club. You can lose your temper. And they don't leave the church over it. (laughs) One of your best saints can use words that his wife doesn't know that he really knows. And the pastor won't talk about it other than just this once on this Sunday morning. Because we're in fellowship. But then something happened on the ninth and final tee box that was kind of sweet. I don't even know if my dad remembers saying it. He's 70. I'm 40. We've done this since I was 10. We have a lot of hours in a golf cart together. And he told me on the ninth tee box, he said, man, this is like old days. And it was just the two of us playing the last hole almost in the dark, not quite, but close there. That's fellowship. Fellowship really allows you intimacy without fear of being misunderstood, about being hurt, about being done wrong. Now we're going to use our new word for the next few minutes. Fellowship births trust. What's amazing about the early church leaders, if you look at the book of Acts, all of your early church believers and leaders had great fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And what I want to talk about for the next few minutes is are we in as much fellowship with the Holy Spirit today as they were in, in the book of Acts. Because it's apparent that they had some serious connection. And there were reasons for it. And I'm going to tell you three quick stories and we'll go home. In the book of Acts chapter number 8. In Acts chapter number 8. If you would like to see it, feel free to turn there. If not, I'll help you find it. We have a gentleman named Philip. In verse 26, that is so tight with the Holy Spirit that he could decipher the difference between the voice of an angel and the voice of the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. That cat was close with the Holy Spirit. If you could tell the difference between the voice of an angel and the voice of the Spirit of God, you're pretty close. You with me? I wouldn't dare have you raise your hand if any of you could say you could tell the difference in the voice of an angel and the Holy Spirit. I'm not certain if we could raise our hand. If we did, we'd be having to repent because we're lying. Philip was so close, he knew the difference in the voice of an angel and the voice of the Spirit. Let me tell you something about 15 years of marriage or even with my children. Children are a really good example or it could be with my wife. If we're in a crowded room, I could totally tell when my wife is talking. I can, I can decipher that voice. If I'm at the park, I, can know, I know when Selah or Esme, when they're the ones calling for me. All of you spouses and mothers and fathers, you, you totally get this, what I'm saying. And there's children, you know the voice of your mom. 
three or four people could tell you to sit down, but when your daddy says it, you hear that voice. You know what I'm saying? That's how close Philip was to the Holy Spirit. He recognized the voice of the Spirit. Now, just two chapters later in Acts chapter 10, we find a very devout Jewish man by the name of Peter. Peter would not be caught dead in the house of a Gentile. But yet, he came into this understanding that God was extending the gift of salvation to the Gentiles. I don't know how you feel today, but I'm grateful for the fact that he extended salvation to us. Can I have an amen? So he makes salvation available. And he says, by the way, Peter, you little self-righteous, devout Jew, I'm going to use you to reach these people that you are not really certain if I could reach them. I'm going to let you witness it firsthand. And Peter heard that voice and the Spirit of the Lord said, you need to arise. You need to stand up. There's three men waiting on you. They're going to take you to a home of a centurion. And you are going to be the vehicle. You're going to be the mouthpiece to speak the gospel. You're going to witness firsthand this Gentile being saved. If he was not in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, he would have missed that opportunity of ministry. He would have totally uh, X'd himself out of being a candidate to be used to reach somebody for the gospel. Back to Acts 8. Philip was close enough to hear the voice of the Spirit. So close he knew the difference between an angel and the Spirit. Peter, he was so close to the Spirit that he knew that is the Spirit of God sending me into this Gentile's house. And then over in Acts 16, we find Paul, we find Timothy, and we find Silas. Now these dudes were preaching like a firestorm. And they were looking for revivals everywhere they would go. They were looking for congregations. They were looking for house meetings. They were looking for street meetings. Anywhere they could go, they wanted to preach. And they wanted to go to Asia. But the, the Lord knew that he had already positioned someone named Lydia. He already positioned someone in a jail cell. He had already positioned other people that were ready. Everybody say timing. God knew the timing was not for Asia. God knew the timing was for this other group of people. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit forbid, forbid Timothy, Silas, and Paul to go to Asia. It stopped them in their tracks because he wanted them to go somewhere else. Now check this out. You got to get this this morning. Were they going somewhere that was wrong? No. They were going somewhere with good intentions. They were going somewhere to do the work of God. But God knew I have something better than what you know. I have somewhere greater than where you're heading. When you're close to the Holy Spirit, when you're in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, it'll keep you from going places that are not in God's timing. The Holy Spirit can keep you from relationships that are not in God's timing. The Holy Spirit can keep you from jobs that are not in God's timing. But it's a good job. It's got good money. It has great benefits. It's got health care. It's got child care. This is the dream job. And God said, boy, is it ever good, but it's not the best. But if you're not in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you'll take jobs making less money with more hours. In the worst part of town with the most awful schedule, but yet you just thought it was a good opportunity. 
When you're in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can save you a lot of heartache. It can save you a lot of brokenness. It can save you a lot of stress. I think it's safe to say that these early church leaders were so close to the Holy Spirit that every day they took in his guidance, they took in his discipline, it, they took in his leading ability, his direction, his words, his wisdom, his knowledge, his understanding, and it kept them from a whole lot of problems. So I asked the modern church, this local house, Calvary Church, on this, the first day of June, should it be any different today than what it was with the early church? I think sometimes we trick it out so much. Anybody ever seen a tricked out vehicle? Man, when I was in college, one of my best friends had a little geo prism. I ain't cracking on geos and I ain't cracking on prisms, but it ain't a Cadillac. But he had himself a little geo prism and he had a sound system that cost more than the geo prism. He had wheels that cost more than the Geo Prism. My man took the Geo Prism and had custom leather put in the Geo Prism. He had more money spent on the accessories of the Geo Prism than the Prism was worth. He tricked it out. Now, let me ask you something. Sometimes I think in 2014, June 1st to be exact, if we're not careful, we could trick out this walk with God with a bunch of stuff and accessories and a whole bunch of stuff that has a little bling to it, has a little flair to it, that has a little sass to it, and we miss out on the fundamentals of just being able to hear the Spirit of the Lord. Somebody clap your hands this morning. All the accessories of the gospel, everything, Everything on top or outside of the blood of Christ is an accessory to the saving grace of Jesus. And there's not one thing wrong with it, but you can't put your salvation in it. The blood of Christ saves everything else. Lights, sound, pulpits, preachers, face mics, suit coats, all of this is only to open the door for the gospel. That's it. Well, if it, for the early church, if the Holy Spirit is what they leaned on, my final question before I close is, are you leaning and trusting in the Holy Spirit? And if you are not, it's probably because there's a lack of fellowship. John 14, as I close. And I'm going to ask our band to come quickly this morning. We're going to sing that Holy Spirit song today in closing. Stay with me now. Everybody okay? Let me close with John 14. I'm going to introduce you to a cool word. Everybody needs to know a cool word. You can go to work tomorrow and impress your friends with a cool word. Everybody's got to know a cool word. You don't want to be that guy that doesn't have a cool word in your arsenal. You got to bust it out every now and then and act smart. You got to have a cool word. Here's a cool word for you. 
in John 14, Jesus, he starts out talking about the fact that he's going to go to heaven. He's going to prepare a place for you that wherever he might be, you may be also. And then he moves into him saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Then he moves into explaining to Philip, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And then he goes in and he explains that when you ask anything in my name, you can have it. But then he gets to verse 16. And this is where I need your attention. He gets to verse 16. And he says, I'm going to pray the Father. That he will send yet another. Comforter. To be with you always. Anybody got a spoiled kid? Or any of you spoiled kids yourselves? How about we just make this place sound like a ceiling fan? Anybody got spoiled grandkids? See that? You saw the difference. All of us parents, we're just too ashamed, man. When we say spoiled kids, we're like, grandparents, they're proud about it. Spoil them rotten. Do you know who the most spoiled people in the world were? Those that walked with Jesus. Check this out as I close. Could you imagine being that guy or that gal that literally walked with Jesus? Hey, man, how you doing? I'm Fred. What's up, Fred? What you do? Oh, I roll with Jesus. No, for real, what do you do? I just hang out with Jesus. You hang out with him. Every day, it's what I do. You just roll with Jesus. I do. Man, you are spoiled. What happens with us is we try to live through that thought and we make statements like, man, if I could just walk with Jesus, that would have been so cool if I could have just walked with Jesus. I would have told him all my problems. If I, would have told, if I would have walked with Jesus, man, I would have had all my answers. I wouldn't have any questions. If I could just talk with Jesus and tell him about my troubles, if I could just be with Jesus. And what Jesus is saying in John 14 and 16, good news, bad news. Which one you want first? The bad news is you can't walk with me anymore. Because I'm leaving this body as you see it, the guy that you've been doing dinner with, the guy that's been hanging out with you, the bad news is I'm gone. I'm departing. I'm not going to be here much longer. But I've got good news before you get all emotional. There's going to be something greater. How can anything be greater, Jesus? Well, because... In this relationship that we have, walking the streets together, hanging out together, you can just be around me. All you can do is roll with me. You're my entourage. You're my crew. But if I go, I pray the Father will send yet another that will dwell in you. It's going to give you supernatural, spiritual empowerment that you can actually do even greater things than I, I, I've done. 
wait a minute, Jesus, you're saying you're going. That's not real good news, but you're saying that the good news is something else is going to come. Yes, I'm going to pray the Spirit will come into you and that it will dwell in you. For what, like my bad days? No, more than that. What, for like when things go wrong in my life? No, for more than that. What, for when? Forever. That word comforter, here's your cool word, is parakletos. That's not that rash on your left calf. Got a case of that parakletos, man. That's not that. Check this out. It's two Greek words put together. Para, kaleo, para, which means very close. Paul actually used para to talk about his relationship with Timothy. Para, very close. I'm talking like tight, cannot be divided tight. Denora would be para to me. No one knows me better. You with me? Kaleo means to beckon or to call. Beckon, call, Kaleo. Paul said, I am called as an apostle to the Gentile. He was called. That was his destiny. Parakaleo comes into parakalitos. Jesus says, the ministry, the purpose, the mission, the whole reason for the comforter is that the Holy Spirit would be called close to you forever. So while we want to say, man, if I could just hang out with Jesus, you can. It's the Holy Spirit. Where we mess up is we view the Holy Spirit as some foreign entity and the Holy Spirit's deity, not an entity. The Holy Spirit's God. And he wants to be in your life. So much so that he will turn you around when it's a dangerous path. He'll open doors that you really didn't even see were there. He will put the right people in your life at the right time. The Holy Spirit has a ministry that was opened to us because of what Jesus did on the cross. I want you to stand. If I could have our prayer partners come quickly this morning. Prayer partners come and find you a spot. Here's what we're gonna do for the next few seconds. We're fixing to sing this awesome on time song and if you are open in your mind and in your heart maybe I have said something today to let you see that the Holy Spirit's more than just this thing on the side if something I've said has opened your mind and your heart to saying I'm cool with this I want a fellowship I want to hang out and I want to listen I want to be led by, I want to be steered by the Holy Spirit. Prayer partners, this is your job. Just agree and pray that they be led by the Spirit.
after we sing this song a few times through, I'm going to come back and I'm going to talk about next Sunday so you're not dismissed just yet. Hang out with me just for a few moments. But right now, it's prayer time, and I want someone to have their moment with God.